Darling, if you've been a hurting, I don't care what it is. I wanna help for certain, but it takes more than a kiss. All this love and affection I'm feeling for you now. Send it back in my direction, girl. I can show you how. My love, it's coming on strong. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, your only podcast on the internet that is counting down every John Hyatt song from A to Z. Joining me back and forth to Venus is my Hyatt sister, Sylvan. Hi, Jesse. I'm so excited. It feels like we're doing this for the first time because... There's someone else here. I, I hope I'm presentable. I, I, it is, is so great. I feel a little bit like the husband who calls his lovely bride, like in a 50 sitcom. Oh, by the way, I'm bringing my boss to dinner tonight. Uh, Skip from the Skip and Josh podcast, uh, Skip Sherman, is had reached out to me months ago and says, hey, when you do X song, I want to join you. And I forgot to write it down. So Skip, welcome to the podcast. First off, I'll let you a chance to say hi, and then we'll talk a little bit about what happened today. Sure. Hi. <laughs> Saying hi. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Great to speak to you again. See you again. Sylvan, it's super nice to meet you, sort of virtually in person. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I reached out to you like a while ago when you finished the A's. Yeah. And and I had this song that we're going to do tonight in my head. And I said, Jesse, I wrote you an email saying, Jesse, when you're almost starting the B's. So, like, could I come on when we do bring back your love to me? And then you're like, yeah, no problem. It should be around, you know, and you gave me a date. And then... um I think that that's where we are today around that date. <laughs> yeah. And so this morning, uh, Skip sent an email to just catch up. He uh, he listens to this podcast and Set Lusting Bruce. And so we were catching up and he sent me a, a recording for that I'm going to use on Set Lusting Bruce. And he says, oh, by the way, don't forget, I want to do Bring Back Your Love to Me. And I went, oh, crap. Hey, Skip, we're doing that tonight. <clears throat> are you available? Because I was thinking, like, I'm going to have to go to Sylvan. Like, okay, we got to skip this because this guy, I know he has told me. And luckily, he said yes. And then I had to email Sylvan. Okay, Sylvan, we've got a guy coming in. But she was thrilled because um, in a timey-wimey way, the last two episodes that are in the can that we haven't released, in both of them, Sylvan and I talked about, is anyone ever going to join us? So We were begging. So it's going to sound like you're just taking pity on us. <laughs> I'm really honored. I'm really honored to be the first guest. This is amazing. I yeah. hope I can, I hope I can speak insightfully enough, like, 
mm-hmm. like I mentioned to you sort of before we hit record, you know, when when I Jesse told me he was starting this podcast and I started to listen to the first couple of episodes, I was like, this is a great concept, you know. Sure, they'll probably do 10 or 15 minutes on each song. And then as I started to listen to the episodes, I was like, well, no, it's more like 45 minutes plus. So you guys really get into the nitty gritty of each song. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to contribute a little bit. Not the first time someone has underestimated my nerdiness or my absolute fanaticism for all things Hyatt, and I'm sure it won't be the last. And I'm just glad you've got a smile on your face, which our listeners can't hear. But, yeah. you know, he he's not making fun of us, everybody. I can see no. that he is sharing our joy. <laughs> well, your your knowledge, Sylvan, of the John Hyatt minutia and details, it's really quite astounding sometimes. You know, when I listen, I'm like, man, he knows everything. <laughs> I, I, do, I do love that. And I, I, I love that we found each other and were able to do this. And um, what what I think is funny is I kind of the same way as you, Skip, like, and Sylvan has shared the same thing. Like, okay, this one, I don't think we're going to have much to say. This may be a short one. And then we'll find ourselves, it's like 30, 35 minutes. We're like, okay, I don't know how we did that, but we did. So uh, this is great. Um Real quick, before we get to the song, we are going to do, we're going to talk about Bring Back Your Love to Me, and Sylvan's going to do just the facts. But before that, uh, Skip, tell us a little bit about your Hyatt background. My Hyatt background? Well, it it ties into this song. Uh, Sylvan, I don't know if you remember, but I direct messaged you on Twitter about a query about a music video for this song that actually doesn't exist, but (laughs) I'll kind of get into that. Um, I discovered John Hyatt. Well, I mean, Jesse, I came on to your set listing, Bruce, when you did your John Hyatt month. Um, I've, I discovered him probably around the time that Stolen Moments came out. That's the year sort of that I discovered him. And like, I, I know, Jesse, you've mentioned me on this podcast. <laughs> and um, so, yes, my knowledge of John Hyatt is what you call the the trilogy, <laughs> you know, the the... Um, bring the family. Um, uh, slow turning. Slow turning and stolen moments, which we're going to do today. But then my, I go a little bit further into perfectly good guitar, and then the live album. Well, that doesn't really count, I guess. Maybe it does. And and a we've little, done one song from the live album. Yeah, and then I do have a pretty good knowledge of like the early years. You know, Radio Girl. Uh, she loves the jerk. All that stuff. Um, so that's that's my Hyatt. You know, sort of fandom. Like Jesse, you asked me when I came on and I, how I started. And I told you, I saw a music video in Canadian. We don't have MTV. We have what's called much music at the time. I said, I saw a music video for bring back your love to me. And I said, what is this artist? And I tried to research it. And I went down to the record store and I bought the CD. And now like 20 years later, or maybe it's 30 years later, I kind of found out that that music video doesn't exist. <laughs> so what did you see? I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I looked up like, what do you call like this thing that I experienced? I looked it up today. Like, what is it called? And it's really just called like a false memory. Like somehow in my head, and I could picture the music video. I could tell you what it looked like. And the best of my, how I, the best way I could explain it is, I I think it was the music video for Glenn Fry's True Love. You know this song? Anyways. Okay. 
that's the music video that I always thought was this music video. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found your way to Hyatt through yes. those means. And, you know, that's, I think a lot of us find our way to John Hyatt's music, you know, especially if we came on board at right. that time in the 90s where most people were discovering music, not from people sharing things directly on right. all these great social media, but by commercial radio, which yeah. um, so moments did. Right. Yeah, it, it did a little bit better than previous. And we can get into that with the just the facts. But yeah, I mean, it was a good thing for John when all of these, you know, pyramids of multimedia MTV, much music, even, you know, even VH1, when there were John Hyatt videos, didn't give him a whole lot. It was like, I literally would call my family members when I saw John Hyatt on TV or heard him on the radio around that time. But yeah, I'm so glad yeah. to hear so, that. So, so I tried to retrace my steps. I'm like, if this wasn't the first song that I knew, then what was it? And I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But Jesse, I mentioned to you, like back in those days, my Bibles were like Rolling Stone 100 Greatest Albums, Rolling Stone 50 Greatest This. Like I have, I still have them. So I really think that the first album CD that I bought was Bring the Family because that is in the Rolling Stone 100 Greatest Albums. Okay. And... I huh. think that's I so I thought I bought Stolen Moments first, but now I think I probably brought Bring the Family first and then worked my way to the others. Uh, I wonder if he read the same article that I talked about in our first talk, Jesse, the David Wilde Clean and Sober and Rolling Stone. I read that. Yeah. I read yeah. that. I yeah. when you mentioned it, I it was it rang a bell, but I don't know like when I read it or you know, yeah. If it was before you were listening to John or that Who was knows? the one that made you go back and look, yeah. Who knows? Oh. So I'm I'm getting a little bit of everything everywhere all at once <laughs> and the TV show Fringe, right? So there is an alternate universe where Bring Back Your Love to Me had a video yeah. and that you, that version of you saw it and then the universe shifted and all of a sudden it didn't exist, but you have this shadow memory. I've been describing to people all my life the Bring Back Your Love music video. It's black and white. He's playing in a club. It's the kind of like back room. You need a secret word to get in. It's like I know exactly the music video and it's just the wrong song. So uh, this is slightly off topic, but uh, we got um, gas logs for our fireplace when we moved in and um, we had they installed it and they looked great. And so I looked at Linda and Chris and I said, man, I think the bricks look great. And they're like, the bricks? I'm like, yeah, the bricks. The bricks, dad? You know, and I'm getting mad. Like the bricks, the ones we just got. And they're the fireplace logs? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. So now that we call them the bricks. Right. I mean, you know, but I was just convinced that was. So anyway, we are thrilled you are here. You're welcome anytime. Um, And I do think that um, one of the things that I have been finding in this journey is I tend to think of that trilogy as well with maybe writing with the King, going on perfectly good guitar, you know, on as this, I do most of my core listening. And by having this, I've got to rediscover early Hyatt and later Hyatt. So thanks for going on with us. Sylvan, let's go with uh, just the facts. 
Just the facts. Uh, we're going to go a little light on just the facts today, which is probably a good thing because we've got lots of opinions to share. Um, this is Bring Back Your Love to Me, which is the second song we've discussed from Stolen Moments. That album was released in June 1990. And this song is a little bit special in that there was a cover before the album was released, which actually helped uh, get some attention to it. And I am going to just go ahead and read from Mike Elliott's book, Take a Drink. Um, uh uh, this time, right out of the gate, it was country star Earl Thomas Conley, who had scored 18 Billboard number one country hits from 1981 to 1989. Um, he brought, took Bring Back Your Love to Me all the way to number 11 on the country charts in May 1990, a month before Stolen Moments was released. And it was the perfect timing as lead up promotion for Hyatt's new album. And as Skip kind of just referred it, most of the people uh, think of Stolen Moments as part of the trilogy, which started with Bring the Family. It was released on a and I do have a press kit, but it was kind of interesting that it seemed like maybe A&M wasn't quite as excited as they once were about John. And this is a very different album, especially from Bring the Family, in that it was the first time that John used studio musicians. And each of the tracks, uh, along with the lyrics, has the particular uh, studio musicians who are playing on that. We've got Pat Donaldson on bass, Richie Hayward on drums, Billy Payne on acoustic piano, and something called Wix on synthesizer. And I think this is before the website <laughs> Wix. I believe Wix plays with Paul McCartney and he'd won a Oh, pads. okay. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, as I said, I didn't have a lot of time to do my Just the Facts research. So, okay, it's like a prince or a one named artist. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here for that. Um, but just the fact that there is actually a synthesizer on this song after John had been out touring with the goners and having that acoustic sound from being the family and slow turning. Um, there's an interview somewhere with Sonny Landreth where he was talking about coming off the slow turning tour and, you know, kind of assuming knowing John's work ethic that he'd be going into the studio and Sonny had an opportunity to do something else. So he gave John a call and said, um, I just want to let you know, I, I have this opportunity and I don't want to mess up your schedule. And John very bluntly said, yeah, take that other job. And it kind of caused a little bit of friction between the two musicians for a while. So, um, and for that matter, I, I don't think we've ever seen any of the musicians who play on Stolen Moments out on the road with John. But I think that kind of gives us the flavor of the facts. Um, as I said, there is a very successful cover that came out before, which uh, I took a chance to listen to on YouTube. I don't know if you gentlemen got a chance to do that as I well. Did, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and as, as I often do, I wrote tons of notes at work saved it in a word file and then forgot to send it to myself here where i actually wrote down like hey conley does something a little different here he changed a couple of words um it it hit number 11 in canada as well on the canadian charts um and um randy scruggs who is a very well-known producer is the one who produced this um album with um with conley um 
and and I think when we get to breaking down the song, we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So, guest first. Um, Give me some thoughts about the song. Well... You know, Jesse, you listen to my podcast often. Me and Josh sometimes have our own little rules. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, one of my rules in life is I don't like to look up what songs are actually about <laughs> sometimes. Yes. You know, I prefer to just think that I know what they're about <laughs> or it's my version of what they're about. So I always liked this song because I thought it was sweet and beautiful and it's kind of like a little love song. And actually, it's really sort of that and sort of not, you know? <laughs> um, it's really more of like... A breakup song? Uh, well, a breakup or did they break up? I Maybe we'll get into that. It's more of like forgiveness. I want you back, you know, that type of thing. So, um, I mean, I read the words and studied them today and, and you know broke my own rule well i mean i break my rule every time i listen to your guys's podcast because you really give me much too much insight (laughs) uh yeah but i still think it's a beautiful song musically like it's a different sound than most john hyatt songs it's like i don't know how you describe it i wrote my own description as country doo-wop like i don't know if that's how you would describe it i like that a lot that's really good yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
All right. So yeah. how about you? Quick thoughts? Um, I agree that it's a very different song from Hyatt. Uh, Country Do Up works. I mean, it almost feels like maybe he was courting a country musician when he wrote it. You know, John famously says that he only writes for himself, but this is so different both musically I think even in the writing as well as the production um, and the lyrics are, you know, very clever and we'll get into that too. And they're very heartfelt, but they're not the sly John that we know, like from the writing with the King era or even, you know, like um, if you compare this to um any of the love songs of like drive south from slow turning where you know he's making all those clever little metaphors and puns this is kind of straight ahead he he is very clearly talking about some emotional depth but i don't think there's much in the way of hidden meanings or you know um i don't want to get ahead of ourselves jumping into the lyrics but i've always thought that we could have gone back and forth to Venus for all the time we've wasted was probably one of my favorite lines of this song. And um, I guess this would have been around the time he also refers to Voyager uh, going out in another song on this album. So those far flung planets of the galaxy were on the American psyche and the idea of how much effort and time it would take. So I, I do like that he put that in there. Yeah, uh, I'm on the record saying that push comes to shove. This is my favorite John Hyatt CD. Um, I, I just adore this album in a lot of ways and in many ways. And so I was very happy to see that we were going to talk about this. Um, I, I We're going to get to the lyrics in a minute. And and I, I like your point, Sylvan, that they are not necessarily, and I'm my words, not yours, complicated. But I think... As much as I love some of the later John Hyatt where there is very little production, like, you know, he's done albums where there's no drums and the only percussion is him tapping his feet. This song is very well produced. There are uh, there are lines that only one line at a time has a chorus or an oboe dub which makes mm -hmm. it really effective. When he does the bridge, he strains his voice to kind of talk about that. I I really love the production of this song. And this is where I, I wish we had more of a musician to join with us because I can just tell you how it makes me feel that not only are this, while the lyrics may be straightforward. I think musically in the arrangement makes it a little more complicated song and pushes more emotion than just the straight lyrics of your reading as a poem. Thoughts on that, Sylvan? And then we'll get your thoughts, Skip. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for that matter, the uh, credits give uh, three people as background vocals. And that also speaks to like the genre that we're talking of, the doo-wop, that uh, it is complex and you, you hear people do 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 and um the you know harmonizing that uh happens with the chorus that i think um is 
obviously not something that you're just going to walk in to do unrehearsed. So it was planned and it is effective, especially with the emotion that, you know, he's talking about being alone. And then there's this sound of being in a crowd. And we all know that the most lonely you can be is surrounded by people, especially, you know, you're going through a hard time and you're trying to hang out with your friends and you're just like, oh, why won't they leave me alone? But oh my God, I don't want to be alone. And that I think that kind of uh, tension works really well in the song. That's such a great insight about being alone in a crowd. That's yeah, really, that's right. really clever. Skip, what do you think? Um, it's definitely a very more produced song than we're used to hearing. The whole album, like when you go from slow turning to this, it's way more produced, right? It's it's I don't want to say it's less more pop because it's not necessarily more pop compared to country. It's just more produced. Um, like you said, background singers. I mean, the song starts off with the piano and and actually I love his voice in this song, you know, like, you know, that part where he tries to hit that real high note and his voice just gets strained sort of like on purpose. Like, he, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I can't hit that high note. Who cares? I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> right. Um, it's just uh, it's a pretty song. And one of the things I love is like when they do the guitar solo kind of in a, as a bridge. The, you do hear the doo-doos, you know, sorry, I said doo-doo. Um, now then my three-year-old self is laughing. Um, you hear them doing the, the doo-wops and the sounds instead of just, and versus like Conley's version, um, he has a straightforward chorus. When it's a chorus, there are background singers that join him. And when there's the guitar break, it's just the guitar break. Conley's version is a lot more straightforward. This is a country song. I'm going to play it. And um, it. I did not enjoy his cover as much as I have of some of the other covers. We discussed this early in the journey. I, I, did, I didn't care for the cover at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that it probably made John a little bit of money. I think people may have found like, oh, I, oh, this, who's this guy writing? And may have checked the original, but, um, and it's a perfect, and I'm sure that uh, Conley fans are like, I love this song because it is, he does a great job, but it, 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 it just sounds like, boy, this is going to come across really negative and I apologize, but it, it almost sounds like a, country and western music version of a john hyatt song and uh you know and and i i like other people when they do covers that bring their own kind of style to it um so anything else before we get into lyrics i think you're right on and i think there's something to the skeleton of the song that allows that in a way that um conley's version is really effective in what he was going for. And I don't know is you could have that effect and that kind of cover with every kind of John Hyatt song. And I don't know if John sat down and said, I want to write a song that can sound like this, because to me, the production sounds like that's what he was going for, but he's still John. He's never going to be like super slick, super country. You know, there's always going to be that little bit of Indianapolis over Nashville uh, to John's sound. Um, 
but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think maybe um, that it, it was so fitting for Conley to fit into it because there was something in the design. Yeah. I and I do think like you'll say a house has good bones, right? There's a good mm -hmm. structure. So I do think that this was, um, this had a good structure, uh, you know, Springsteen, right? Take a drink. Uh, by the way, I love that Michael Elliott um, was flattered that he was in the same tweet. For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, I said, we need to do a competition. Does Bruce Springsteen or Mike Elliott's name come up the most in this podcast? <laughs> uh, but um, like tougher than the rest, I have heard, you know, musicians, you know, country and Western artists do that song and they do a great job on it. And, and, and I, the song is so strong. Um, I can enjoy that version just as much as I do um, Bruce's version. Um, I just didn't care for Conley's as much. And, you know, if he wants to come on the podcast and explain why he loved it, we'll welcome him in a minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are fans of his and more specifically fans of that genre yeah. that would, you know, go to bat with us. Like you're crazy. He took what was a good song and made it great with his production and his yes. version, yeah. just like some people will probably and have to their detriment, uh, argue with me that Susie Boggess does a better version of drive South, but yeah. you know, we're not here to talk about them or talk here to talk about John Hyatt. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I, one of the things that I especially like about the song and now we're going to get to lyrics is, is John's phrasing and the way he, he says the words and add a little pause and the emphasis. Um, it is a very, dramatic singing instead of dramatic reading darling if you've been a hurting i don't care what it is i want to help for certain but it takes more than a kiss all this love and affection i'm feeling for you now send it back in my direction girl i can show you how i mean there's the beats there's the he he in at my untrained ears he he speeds up he slows down he is in he is using his vocal styles to help uh, sell the story. So Sylvan, we'll go to you first, and then we'll get Skip in there. I agree with you more, Jesse. And I don't know as I really saw that before as a stylistic choice in the performance as opposed to, hey, I've got these words and I've got these number of notes that I have to make them fit in. And, you know, that's... One, I still don't know a lot about the technicalities of music. And uh, this album came out when I was uh, uh, 11 years old. And it was the um, first album that I put on to on my own, like actually took from my mom's CD collection and, uh, you know, had it going while she came home from work today, which I think I've told this story before, but, you know, mom came home and all of a sudden the boy band that shall not be named was missing and John Hyatt was playing over the speakers and I was the only one home and she's like I am not going to make a big deal about this I'm going to quietly walk away so she doesn't think that I'm excited but I'm really excited about this <laughs> that is awesome I love that I have the same experiences my kids are 
22 and 20 and like the last like five years like i don't listen to the music they listen to not at all um they only know about bruce springsteen because of me john hyatt there today my son's like i told him i'm coming on a podcast about john hyatt he's like what you know like they don't know um but every now and then they'll come across a song and that they really like or more my daughter maybe she has better taste in music and like i'm so proud you know (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. I see that. Yeah. Um, How about you, Skip? Am I overthinking his phrasing? No, I think you're right on. I mean, he's setting the tone for the style of song it's going to be. I love the opening of the song, you know, like it's it's actually I I don't know. Do you want to get into the lyrics or we're talking just about the phrasing? No, No, let's go (laughs) to the lyrics. Interesting song, because, you know, when I the, the first the first part of the song you would take it as like, you know, he's trying to woo someone or it's someone that he likes that, you know, it's unrequited, you know, send it back in my direction. And then, and then by the time we get to the the next verse, it's a little more clear that it's not just a random girl that he likes that doesn't like him back. It's like, he, he did something bad you know like he had something to apologize for right so i I like how it kind of builds on itself you know that's a great um observation because it could be another version of angel eyes where he doesn't necessarily have a history and then it you know kind of pulls that back which is also kind of an interesting strategy if you're trying to apologize for someone like let's just talk about all the history and are you really gonna throw that away and well like at at first i took it as like he's trying to to win this girl and then he's such an idiot because by the time we get to the second part of the song he's admitting to himself okay i screwed up and then by the time we get to the third part it's like i really screwed up please 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 take me back (laughs) you know right that's that's the way i kind of read it yeah and i go ahead go ahead jesse (laughs) you go (laughs) one of the things i love is i want to help for certain but it takes more than a kiss um i wasn't sure what that meant actually so to me, that is, um, to badly quote my Sunday school, faith without works is dead. It takes more than words. It takes more than just a kiss to show that I'm truly sorry, that I'm I'm doing for you. Um, actions matter more than words or just giving you a, let me, as a, a parent, let me kiss and make it better. Right. So that's and make up. Yeah, that's right. what it meant to me that, um, you know, and, and I do agree that if you just take the first paragraph, right, um, everything sounds good. Right. You're hurting. I'm feeling all this love and affection. I'm feeling you now send it back in my direction. I can show you how. And um, and, you know, you've been gone away too long. So you actually you can think, oh, they're a happy couple. Um, she she's been away doing something. Something hurt her. And now he's saying there, uh, you know, I'm going to make it better. Come home. You know, I'm going to I'm going to fix your favorite meal. I'm going to, you know, rub your feet. I'm going to do whatever. But then when you get in the second verse, it's like all that words that pass between us spoken in haste, staying angry at each other, sometimes just for angry's sake. You're like, oh, wait a minute. This is 
there she's gone for some other reason. Mm-hmm. I saw you nodding, Skip. Talk to me a little bit. Well, it's exactly that. At the beginning, he's talking about like, um, you know, come be with me. Let's get together. I know you're hurting, you know, about like you're kind of assuming she was hurt. Mm-hmm. You don't know. But then when you get to the 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 verse that you just read, well, you realize, wait a minute, he's the source of the hurt. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um and the line about staying angry at each other sometimes yeah. just for anger's sake, I really think speaks to the uh, length of the relationship and that is it is an ad- adult relationship because, yeah, y- when you're having your first boyfriend or crush, you can, you know, get into this big fight and then it's just kind of over and, you know, y- you bounce and come back. But, you know, I think we don't ever get over that idea of sometimes you have to swallow your pride and you have to let go of your anger first before the other person can say they're sorry, because, you know, who amongst us hasn't had a fight with someone we love very dearly and they say they're sorry. And you're like, you're not sorry. And you just, you know, apology, not accepted or whatever. And um, you're just hanging on to the hurt sometimes just for anger's sake, you know, that is a good observation and it's a good way to break down the barriers that they've probably put between themselves at that time. They were angry at each other for so long. Um, Like he's talking about, you know, all the time they wasted and they probably don't even remember why they were angry. Like maybe they don't even remember what was the original fight about. What was the original tension? Like what 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 was it? You know. So um, let's. I, I wrote down he screwed up and he can't. But they can't even remember why they were really mad. You know. Like yeah. And one of the things that I think about often is in early in Linda and I's relationship. Like, are we fighting to come to a solution? Are we fighting just to fight? Like sometimes an argument is trying to find common ground and other times I'm just, and especially if you let things fester, right? And build up, then all of a sudden everything that's frustrating you comes out. Um, I do, I do love that he says, you know, I don't want no other lover. I've got too much here at stake. Our love is worth fighting for, and you know it even as you close that door. Um, we'll go to the other lyrics in a minute, but I love that he's trying to say, look, I know you're angry. You're 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 shutting me out, maybe literally or just, uh, you know, symbolically. But, you know, he's trying to remind her, you know, our love is worth fighting for. He believes that, but you wonder if she does. Yeah. Go ahead, Skip. Well, I mean, I was wondering about a little bit more about the specific lyric because it comes up in the chorus over and over. Like, um, he's like, every time you close the door. So it's like, keeps trying to win her back. He's saying, I'm sorry. Well, maybe he's not saying, I'm sorry. Like, maybe he hasn't actually come to the real apology, you know, the, the, the heart of the matter. And she keeps closing the door. <laughs> she just keeps closing the door until we get maybe near the end. And I don't know if this could be like a Mary's question, Jesse, you know, at the end, yeah. like, does she take him back or not? You know? Yeah. I love that. Um, every night I'd sit and watch for you, baby. I pray to God you haven't found somebody else, but I could never care like I care for you. When I hurt you, girl, I just can't stand myself. 
partly this is about him, not her, correct? 100%. It's he's finally by the time we get to the third verse. This reminds me of Margaritaville. Okay. <laughs> but Margaritaville is a funnier song whatever, but you know, Margaritaville it's beginning it's like it's their fault. It might be my fault. And then by the time he gets to the third verse, it's my own damn fault, right? Yeah. Um, so it's something similar. By the time we get to the third verse here, when I hurt you, girl, you know, I just can't stand myself. He's finally realizing I hurt her. It's my fault. I screwed up. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's the way I read it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And he says, they say pride will be our downfall. Girl, I swallowed mine. I'm begging you, baby, come back and I will tow the line. And then he he does get illusional. Like yeah. he does I, to the top of the Afro Tower, to the bottom, bottom of, the, of sea. the sea. If it means just one hour, your love will shine on me. You mentioned the Mary question. And this is, is she going to accept him? Is she going to take him back? Well, I mean, for me... Like I look at this as a, I, I told you at the beginning, like I see this as a love song. So I'm kind of optimistic and I think she probably does, you know, because the, it's not, it's the tone of the song. Like we talked about how he sings it, the arrangement, the do, 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 do's, all that stuff. That's happy and smiley. It's, it's positive. So I would say, yes, you know, like just based on the overall song, I think she, she does take him back. We don't know for sure, but yeah, absolutely. There she is. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Glad oh, you're back. Yeah, I had some kind of background process that was completely drowning you out, and I just had to restart my computer. Okay, okay. no problem. So um, one of the things you missed is uh, <laughs> Skip said this reminds him of Margaritaville. Explain why. Well, uh, so Sylvan, it's like, you know, Margaritaville, like at the beginning, he's like, it's nobody's fault. And then the second verse, it might be my fault. And then the third oh. verse, it is my fault. Right. I see so, that progression. Yes. So I, I read this song in the same way. At first, he's like, take me back. Second mm -hmm. one is, please take me back. I know I'm, I screwed up. And then the third mm -hmm. verse is, I'm really, really sorry. I made a mistake. I screwed up. Like when then what's just the line that I said, Jesse, um, when I hurt you, girl, you know, I just can't stand myself. He's admitting that he's hurt her and, yeah. you know. Hopefully, I don't know if it's the best apology, but I think it's an apology. <laughs> yeah. So um, give us your thoughts on that. You know, even as I even as you close that door, I sit and watch for you, baby. And I pray to God you haven't found somebody else. And that's what we're talking about. It's still about him. So give us some thoughts on some of these lyrics. Well, I think that's uh, really astute that it is about him and, you know, there is some growth in it. And I think a really great question to ask about this song is, is it a good apology? And, you know, would you take him back or would you take someone back if they were playing the John Cusack role and holding this song up on the boom box, like, and say anything exactly. Uh, Skip did the pantomime with me for those of you listening <laughs> to yes. the podcast. Um it all depends, I think, on the performance, because what is great about this is that it is open to interpretation. And someone could sing this song as a prideful, um, you know, not really wanting to change type of character, or someone could 
really take it to heart of girl, I've swallowed my pride and I will toe the line. I will, I will change baby, you know, (laughs) as so many great songs have tried. Um, But I I think just the acknowledgement that love takes effort and that you do need to fight for it. And it takes both people invested in that fight together is showing the emotional maturity that this album is known for. You know, this isn't a teeny bopper song or a teeny bopper album. It's it's about someone who realizes they make mistakes and wants to grow from them. Um, you know, you can also uh, look at it that there's a history of looking at breakup songs or writing Dear John letters to addictions. And, you know, is this about trying to reclaim his past self after the alcoholism and everything got in the way for so long? Or um, could it be him envisioning his addictions, trying to call him back and, you know, walking away? Just options of ways that you could sing it, perhaps. Yeah, and I think... um here of course because i can do this to anything um in the last verse that we talked about the alpha tower the end of the sea he is he is all in he is he is saying this is what i do and it is it isn't but is similar to right there were ghosts in the eyes of all the boys you sent away they haunt this Mm -hmm. dusty beach road the skeleton frames of burned out chevrolets they scream your name in the night in the street your graduation gown lies in the rags of their feet and the lonely pool before dawn you hear the engines roaring on when you get to the porch they're gone on the wind so mary climb in it Mm -hmm. i'm throwing it out there right and so when he says that um you know i'm Pride will be our downfall. I've girl, I swallowed mine. I'm begging you, baby, come back. I will toe the line to the top of the Eiffel Tower, to the bottom of the sea. If it means just one more hour, your love, you shine on me. Our love is worth waiting for, and you know it even as you close that door. I, the connection to those two are, I feel like, our our hero, who is is no hero that we understood right our he is throwing it out our protagonist is saying okay i'm totally saying it's my fault i here is my apology here is my plea give me one more chance so thoughts on that sylvan and then we'll get skip as he's laughing at me quoting thunder road you have to um, drink apparently no yeah <laughs> yeah yes. i hope you brought plenty skip um you know, it's interesting that it's not the point you were making, Jesse, but your point made me kind of think about, you know, this is a beautiful song, but also a kind of generic song that I don't see any of the spatterings of John Hyatt's biography in there, you know, uh, especially when it's coming after Seven Little Indians and, you know, so many songs that you just know if there's a detail in there, it's because it means something more to John. And if you're 
lucky and determined like Sylvan, you will dig through an interview and someday find the, oh, the big chief uh, died and the oldest little Indian got sick and vanished. The big chief went two years later, find out that that is actually the chronology of his father and his brother's death. I don't see anything in there that he is actually talking about himself. This to me feels like a song that John wrote down because he wanted to write a breakup song. And it's not like the songs that we hear um, where, you know, he's mourning the loss of his wife who committed suicide. It is, I kind of feel a generic couple and a imaginary man speaking to an imaginary woman. Is there plenty of emotion in it? Yes. But I don't feel anything personal in it. And, you know, that is my bias when it comes to John's songs. If I can somehow feel like I'm looking into a particular person's head, even if it is, as John often says, a fictional version of himself, I want to feel like there's actually someone that I could sit and talk to about the song. And like, I kind of feel that way about this, but I also feel like that alternate universe that we we're talking about that I could be talking to 50 different versions and they would all use this exact same song. So for what that's worth. Skip. You know, you mentioned at the beginning that this song, what's different about it, it doesn't have all those traditional John Hyatt humor, witty, witty lines, right? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Do you think that it doesn't, that's also part of why it's not as personal. Like, do you think he adds those lines because that's part of him and this is more, more could be anybody. So it doesn't have those, you know, that's a great question too. And, you know, I, I don't want to be guilty of playing armchair psychologist, but I do yeah. think that, um, please John, do. <laughs> John has treated, don't. <laughs> John has treated songwriting as therapy right. and that a great, um, tool in therapy and you know a emotional crutch sometimes is to make a joke out of it especially if you've gone through painful things you know if you can laugh at your past demons then they don't have the power over you so what you just said skip about having that like clever twist and the you know little bit of slyness where this is just so straight ahead almost does even make me even more convinced that he's not dealing with anything real here right What do you think, Jesse? Um, I, I, I tend to think of this is, and and I do personalize this. I do feel like this could be him, his version of an apology song, that that he had gone through that cycle, and with a significant other, um, he is doing that it, at least from a fictional side of him, and and I. I get your thoughts on it that you don't think it is. You think of it's more, and I hate to say this in a bad way, a generic breakup song or, you know, come back to me song. Um, I feel it a little more personal, but then I am biased because of my love of this CD. I mean, like when we get to our ratings, I, I, I am, I am going to be the U.S. judge that throws the curve off. I know that, but that's okay. I, I'm, I'm going to accept that. That's why I'm glad there's a third person to balance this out. Um, any final thoughts before we do get to ratings? 
when Sylvan we lost her for a few minutes there, I I did like the Mary question, like does she take him back or does she not take him back? And I I, I said I think she does just because the song is has like this pleasant upbeat sort of style to it. If it was just straight you know acoustic guitar kind of sad maybe you'd have a different feeling so the feeling of the song lets me think that yes she takes him back but i'm rethinking that because you know the last sort of line before the chorus is even as you close the door so i guess she does close the door on him one last time so i'm kind of torn there i guess yeah and my feeling would be this isn't about a song in which she could be won back i think it's the she's hit the final straw, you know, this has been going sour for a while. And, you know, there's, there is no bringing it back. You just kind of have to mourn the loss. But again, I think you could hear, I think a performance could change that. I I think John's performance leads me to that answer. Yeah. And I do think I, I love his vocals on this. I love the instrumentation. I love the production. Um, I don't do this anymore, but the first, the first two or three times, like it was a big deal when Gone with the Wind was first released on VHS, right? You could watch this. No one had Gone with the Wind on their bingo card, but uh, I remember watching the movie and I remember afterwards going, you know, if, if Rhett had just, if, if Scarlett had had the chance to explain to Rhett all the things that she was sorry about that he would not do those famous lines. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Right. And so when, and, and the third or fourth time I watched the movie, she does have the chance. She explains everything. She talks about everything she's done wrong and how she took him for granted and she's sorry and all these things. And he just says, I don't give a damn. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. One of the most famous lines of movie history. So that goes to your point, right? Like, yes, he is throwing his heart out there. He's giving all this wonderful plea. And she's like, too little, too late. You know, now the romantic in me wants to think she says, okay, we'll get through this together. But I think realistically, I think the answer I would pick is, no, she probably moves on. The sad part for me is that I'll never listen to this song the same way again. <laughs> I really broke my own rule, and now like it's it's not ruined, but it's just gonna be different. It's gonna be different. All right. Anything else for we rate? I think we we covered a lot of ground, and this yeah, was so much fun having this, another voice. Oh, it, I just love this. I I now want Skip to come every week, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "No, I have too much else going on." Uh, all right. Um, do you want to go? Do you want to rate first? Do you want me to rate first? Yeah, I think guests should go first. I agree. We're rating out of five, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, one to five. I'll give it a four. All right. Okay. Sylvan. I was going to give it a four, which, uh, as a reminder, I kind of think about it as if someone has never heard about John Hyatt, five star songs are the ones that I would definitely put on first. And, you know, the one star songs are the songs that I might actually hit skip when they come on on my iPod or whatever, somewhere in between. I was leaning toward a four and then Jesse went ahead and quoted Thunder Road for a good portion. And I was reminded what a five-star song is. 
even, you know, not saying that we're going to put Bruce Springsteen as part of our scale here, but I was just thinking about all of the John Hyatt songs that I could read out all the lyrics and have that kind of passion and that journey that you take with those. And this, they're beautiful lyrics, but they don't take me on a journey. And personally, they don't really tell me anything that gives value to my life. So I'm going to go a solid three. Okay. So I walked into this with a five. I will tell you, it's my favorite CD. I I love this song. I I have listened to it all day. Um, As much as you dislike the decibels, I am going to drop it to a 4.5 because it probably isn't a true five-star song. This is emotionally for me. This is one of my favorite John Hyatt songs, and I can't distance myself from this and why should I, right? So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four point five. So right. we're a three, a four, and a four point five. And uh I love that. That means we averaged out to a to I four. guess a four. Yeah. Very nice. Unless we drop the lowest score. Depends how you're scoring. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts before uh anything else we want to say about the song? I think we've said a lot. Well, uh, Skip set our bar very high for a guest. And I just want to remind people that you don't have to be a professional and you don't have to, you know, fit right in with Jesse and I the the way that Skip did. Um, We would love to have people who might be a little bit more shy or might not feel like they have as much to say, but like, thank you so much. And I, I hope we've encouraged other people to give us a shot. Absolutely. Um, So I did want to, I can't remember. um, And so if I'm repeating this, I apologize. But um, we did have a couple people that left us a message. Um, uh, Chris Kilpatrick said, I just discovered your podcast today. What a brilliant idea for a podcast. I love John Hyatt's music and I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast on the drive to and from work. Chris from the UK. Wow. Uh, I do not remember if we read that, but if we did, I, don't I remember someone from the UK, but yeah, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Brown says, Hey, Sylvan and Jesse, we've communicated by email before, very much enjoying the show, waiting with bated breath for each week's episode. I've heard you say a few times you're aiming to have guests on the show. Wasn't sure how serious that offer was, but you've mentioned up by now, it seems re- pretty real. And so, with mild trepidation, I like to throw my hat in the ring. I can't think of anything more fun than talking about John with who, with who people actually want to listen. I feel like that may be some catch. There are some uh, songs that I mean a lot to me. The one coming up soon is, and I will leave this blank. So it's a spoiler. Let me know how that works. And I did reach out to him. And Nicholas, if you're hearing, you see we had a guest, right? So we're doing it. And uh, the last one, uh, David Sprouse says, thank you for saying my name correctly, Sprouse. Secondly, I loved your Before I Go podcast. Crossing Mother Waters is brilliant from beginning to end. Before I Go is one of the great album closers John Hyatt has. From Feels Like Rain to Robert's Highway, back in the corner, he has a real knack for these. I would have initially rated a little lower than y'all did, but lyrically, it's so brilliant. Maybe it does deserve a five. Keep up the good work. I will definitely be listening. So thank you, listeners. Um, As Skip will tell you, we love feedback. 
<laughs> they, uh, uh, he and Josh, and I'm going to let him plug in a minute, start every podcast with, did we get any listener feedback? And it is sad when they don't have any to give us. So uh, thank you. For we that. love it. I mean, anybody who contacts me in any way, I'll read what they sent. I mean, I'm so happy that people are listening. You know? and, and, you know, I mean, it sounds sad, but like a lot of the times we have the same people writing in. Jesse's one of them. Um, but, you know, every now, like the last episode, like we had like two new people. Right. And then Josh even texted me two hours after we finished recording. And he was like, I forgot to ask you. Who was that guy, Sean, that you read his mail? Like, do you know him? Or like, you know, and then I explained who he was. And and uh, so, yeah, it's awesome. Listener mail is the best. Absolutely. Sylvan, any thoughts? I mean, it brings me back to when I was of the age that when this album came out and I was standing in line for tickets and I just made such a total geek nerd pain in the butt of myself talking to people like you love John Hyatt I love John Hyatt <laughs> absolutely we're going to I'm going to see the Springsteen concert in Newark in in April 14th and I'm on like these Facebook groups like Jesse anyways I think you're probably on the spring nuts yeah. anyways um and there's little subgroups for like each concert so you can see who's going and like is there going to be a meetup and all this and I'm like yeah. telling my wife we're going to go to the meetup and she's like whatever you say I don't know like <laughs> you know yeah. Like, do you know these people? Never met them. We'll go meet them. We'll go. Yeah. Yeah. I am uh I am looking forward. You're gonna come back and tell me about your experience on the show. Um, all right, Skip. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? And give a plug for the podcast. Sure. So our podcast is called Unscripted with Skip and Josh. Um, how do you describe it? It's pop culture and sports Canadian style. (laughs) Uh so you know, myself, I'm in Montreal, my co-host Josh is in Toronto. And like I told Jesse, like we're 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 like six years in, two hundred and seventy episodes, not a thousand like Jesse. It's too hard. <laughs> um, and you know, we used to do a weekly show about sports. Every week was like the week in sports, the week in sports, and then the pandemic hit, and then we had nothing to talk about. Like there was no sports. We there's everything we 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 were talking about old games. We were and so we we rejigged everything, and now we do more pop culture you know we were talking about so the last five episodes are like what are the dumbest rules in sports favorite songs from 1993 we only did that one because previously we did a favorite songs from 1994 that josh said was the best year for music it was debatable um sports siblings jesse you you wrote in about that one our favorite john hughes films or sometimes we don't do a list. Usually we do a list, but every now and then when there's like a common movie or show that we've watched, we do like a whole episode on like, for example, The White Lotus. We just did only The White Lotus. So that's that's what you get. You get a different kind of topic every week and uh, we have fun with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They did Murders in the Building and they yeah. do, and it's always, and they do seven, which I love. Yeah. And, but now we switched to five. We did switch to five. Yes. That's <laughs> made great. it easier. We made it easier yeah. for us. We, we yeah. found we were... We were cutting out stuff every episode, keeping it, cutting things out. Now we kind of, everything we say is more more or less what you hear because the, the list is a little bit shorter. And uh, your Twitter handle? Sure, at Skip and Josh. And you can find us on Facebook page, also Unscripted with Skip and Josh, um, with a website, skipandjosh.com. It's always with Skip and Josh. <laughs> All right. And Sylvan, they can reach you at? Um, Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter, Sylvan Groth on Facebook, and um, I 
just gave access to a couple of people to see our song list on our webpage, the Perfectly Good Podcast, which is linked on our Facebook page. Yeah, I just saw that. I was checking to see. Yes, so that is great news. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. You can find me, Jesse Jackson, on Facebook. Uh, we do spend a lot of time at John Hyatt Fans on Facebook, and uh, we appreciate all the kind things that people are saying about us. Uh, we thank you so much. Uh, Skip, this was great. I mean, Thanks for having me. I'll, I'll come back later in the alphabet. I'll give some other guests a chance, and maybe in... Maybe we'll get to like the G's or H's and I'll. I'll so <laughs> what would be interesting is if you pick something outside of the, your core group, right? Just Well, what, if I was going to pick like one of the newer albums or let's say post 19, what's the album after? What's the album after Perfectly Good Guitar? Walk. Yes. Walk, walk on. on. I have that one. So mm -hmm. after Walk On, what would you recommend? Like, what what should I try to dive into? Is it Crossing Muddy Waters? Like, you just... I mean, that was the first one that occurred to me, but that is the example of the stripped down, you know, okay. acoustic, John, that you were saying right. that the, the stolen moments appeal to you because it's not that. Yeah. So I would definitely check out it most recent, The Leftover Feelings with the Jerry Douglas Band. Because... I, 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 I started that like okay like, i read about it i i mean i don't download i mean i have like apple music so it's, everything is yeah. there you know right. so yeah okay i'll give it another chance i i find sometimes yeah. with new music it's like i just need to let it play on a loop like while i'm doing something and just listening yeah. to it over and over and then all of a sudden something clicks that's what happened to me jesse with the western stars right at yeah. first listen i was like what is this and then after like the sixth listen i was like i got something here yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, very nice. Uh, listen, and then you can also, sorry, uh, a yeah. shameless plug. You can keep up with how Jesse and I are rating things Absolutely. and take a look at the albums that have the most five stars or jump yeah. into the five star songs. Yes, Perfect. Absolutely. Thank you. Listeners, you've heard it. We, we are not just saying we want guests. We need them. Thank you, Skip. This is a blast. I, um, I, I just appreciate you in so many ways. Everyone, be safe, be kind, and have a little faith. Have a little faith. Have a little faith. But it takes more than a kiss All this love and affection I'm feeling for you now Send it back in my direction Girl, I can show you how My love is coming on strong You know you've been gone away too long Baby, bring back Baby, we it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. Fantasy Points.